Welcome to Yippie Mother Podcast Classic. I'm Ralph Quartrucci. I'm Sean Paul Murphy. I'm Deborah Murphy. I'm John Quartrucci. And I'm Uncle Al. Uncle Al! Welcome, Welcome back, Uncle Al. Welcome it's been back, a while. Uncle Al. Thank you, thank you. It's been a while. And he's got a, is uh, that a virtual mask I'm seeing? It is a virtual wow. mask. Wow. It's amazing. Nice. How you doing, Uncle Al? Mask anymore. Very nice. Oh, how are things? How are things on your planet, Uncle Al? Good? They're excellent. I've been eating cats. Oh, you, you've been eating sounds... what? Cats, you know, like Alf. Oh, cats. Interesting. There, there's yeah, no, it's good. no big Alf fan. Would right. you eat my cat, I like please? Elf. I like my cat to get eaten. No, I Bart is very nice. I would not eat. Him. Yeah, he's great. He's great. Um, all right, so we got a good good movie to do tonight that Sean brought to the table uh, that actually takes place in 2022. You can tell by. What I'm wearing, what it might be, but not by a background. Story. I have no idea. I, I just that's uh, that's my tribute to uh, Chris Coker, his blockbuster years, and that's uh, ah because Chris play. could be on it tonight. Yeah, it's a rewind is divine. You know, I I, I got an yeah. old tape and I just got nostalgic for VHS. Oh. Uh, so yeah, Sean brought the film, but before we do that, we'll do a round of what you watch. Al, I'm sorry I didn't mention this, so you don't have to join if you don't want to. But if there's something that you think of, let me know. Let's start with Sean I and Debbie. What did you watch this week? Well, we watched the film that the Quadrucci brothers on Cue It Up did a whole episode about. Nobody. Starring uh, Bob. One, oh, okay. Odenkirk. And? Odenkirk. What do you think, Debbie? Loved it. Really? I loved it, too. I really enjoyed the film. You didn't like That's it? so funny. I did like it. I just thought it was a little too much. It was trying to be a John Wick. Uh, but I like Odenkirk. Breaking Bad, it it followed the format of Breaking Bad, uh, showing the you know very ending um, when they're asking him, "Oh, are you?" Yeah, and that was the end, sort of like what Breaking Bad, how they start their episodes. Yeah, I guess. I mean, but he was a bad guy that went good and then went bad. He wasn't really bad. He was protecting like people coming after him. If I remember, format how they brought the first scene in. Yeah, I mean, I guess. And they, uh, I guess they, he, I don't, I don't understand uh, the Breaking Bad reference, but other than he was in Breaking Bad. Well, I think, I think that's the point Debbie's trying to make. He was in Breaking Bad. No, no, that's not the I know, I'm, you know, yeah, how, I'm kidding. You know how they John, often you started, me, right? you know how Breaking I, Bad, they often started at the beginning. Yeah. Like, even like the first episode, it started with them pulling the, the RV over to the side. You have no idea what's going on. And then later, and those later seasons, there's like, Body parts and all floating. Oh, so they the drop you in as stuff going on, and then they tell you later down yeah. the road. Yeah, and then they okay. down in the left. That's a trope. I What's just liked trope? it because he was such an unlikely action star, and he really pulled it off. And and he gets, I mean, he gets wailed on in that movie. It's not like he, uh, yeah, you no, know, the fighting is. It's good. not like he's Superman. Is- I mean, he gets really beat up in it. But I, I loved it. It was just for me. It was just it was John Wickish, but I thought he was so good in it and really made it an interesting character. I liked it a lot. I also what I want. I also like seeing Christopher Lloyd again. Yeah, I was just going to say it's fun seeing him. That's for sure. He I was also him. in that Amazon movie too. What was it? The Tender Bar recently as well. The George oh. Clooney director. So it's mm-hmm. good seeing him. Back. I loved him that he could still kick ass at his age. Oh yeah, Christopher Lloyd. Yeah, that yeah. whole scene. That yeah, scene that's with the super, shotgun. That was great. Super realistic. That those kind of films with that. So yeah, I agree. 
We also saw, um, we also were watching what you guys recommended. I'm trying to do it, Drew. Uh, we, we started watching Archive 81. Yeah. Which and? we find, don't, don't tell us it turns out bad. Because I haven't, I, 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 t- I haven't seen past the third show. That's where we're at. Too. We're at the th- yeah. third show. And you know what, it, what haunts me is you, you said that it's, you, it, you said something about the show that you're afraid it was going to go bad. You were afraid it's going to go bad. I felt that same way too. By go bad, you mean just turn out it to be not a good series. The conclusion isn't good. You were. I, I read a headline only watched three episodes, Ralph. After last week, I be, because I just didn't feel like getting back into it. It's a hard, you know. Oh. It's just I got to invest in that, and I, so just, then you don't a, recommend it. I told you the only reason I recommend it is because of all the equipment. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. equipment and porn. Equipment porn. Yeah, I know yeah, you don't like right. that, but that's I what agree it's with called. That. <laughs> well, yeah. no, no, I know, but, but but Al, he uses that for everything. It's nostalgia I porn. I don't use that it's for trope yeah, porn. That, that, yes. I, I didn't invent that. That's that's out no, there. I know. Nostalgia porn I is know. out there. Al, have you seen Ar- uh, Archive eighty one? 91, whatever I, I it is. I saw the first episode. I didn't feel the need to go any further, but there I did go. enjoy seeing all the uh, equipment porn. Yeah, did you, you see the, the girl go to the store the and pick up camera. a PXL 2000, the little Fisher Price thing, the I camera, did, and she points it at one. the girl? Yeah. I used to sell I that. Mean, I used to sell that camera. I have two of them now. Those things are yeah. worth some dough. Not as much as yeah. your Tom Brady oh, yeah, stuff. Oh, yeah. About 10 okay. bucks. Yeah. 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 More than that. And I used to record uh, onto like a cassette tape. Audio cassette. Yeah. 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 Audio cassette. Yeah. Yeah, so oh, it's cool. Yeah, so, what did you watch? Music video on that in the eighties. Uh, there was a, there was a, there was a <clears> hang <throat> on a second. There was a vampire film that was shot in the eighties too with the PXL two thousand as the vampire's view. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. What movie? I don't know. Oh, vamp. Vamp uh, with Grace I'm Jones. Just, I'm just saying that. Yeah. Look it up. <laughs> Look it up. Okay. Uh, I watch. I mentioned this on Cue It Up, but I finished watching the show. So one, um, so I read, I read a lot. And one of the books I read are the uh, Lee Child, Jack Reacher novels, which are great. I love the books and I actually like the Tom Cruise movies. But if you're a Reacher book fan, uh, Jack Reacher is six, five, 250 pounds, not, uh, five, seven, 170. Um, so there's a show on Amazon called Reacher and the guy they have, uh, playing the lead, his name's Alan Richardson. He's gigantic. And, and when you see the guy, you see Reacher from the books and it's eight episodes. And at, at the time we did queue it up, I, I had only watched three. I watched all eight. Great show. Uh, it's, it's the fourth most watched thing ever on Amazon Prime and they've already renewed season two. Uh, so if you like a lot of action and you like, uh, you know, the good guy wins the day. Uh, this is the this is the uh, show to watch, and I recommend the books too. If you like to read, read the Reacher novels; they're they're awesome. And uh, and I like I said, I did not dislike the Cruise movies. I would say this: if you never read the Reacher books, you would like the Cruise movies, and it would be fine. But if you read the book and see him, the whole point of Reacher is he can't hide in a crowd because he's so big, he's so gigantic, he stands out. And that was the opposite of uh, the Cruise movies. What Deb? John, are you saying that Reacher is sort of like to Tom Brady? Well, Tom, he, this guy's not pliable like Tom Brady. I mean, okay, Tom, Tom Brady, Brady actually, retired. Tom Brady is six five. <laughs> Stop talking about Tom Brady, please. Hey, 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 yeah. hey, hey. Tom hey, Brady is hey. out. He's done. I got to listen to equipment porn every week. You can listen to stuff oh, about every Tom Brady, week. Right? Oh, it's so horrible. Okay. Every I'm single week. Tom right. Brady porn. 
By the way, he said today that Dawson would pay for that come for back. Sure. He said, never say never. That's what Tom Brady said today in an interview. Right. Are you kidding? No, I you kid you not. Yeah, he might go play for San Francisco, he which is his dream. For San Francisco, he's going to be a. Patriot. That's his dream. He grew up there. <laughs> I know. He grew up. And they're getting uh, rid of Garoppolo. Garoppolo's out. Right. San Francisco. He's out. Okay. So okay. Enough football. Happen. No football. All right. Here's what I watch, and you guys all have to watch <laughs> football this on porn. Netflix. On Netflix, it's a documentary, one episode called "The Tindler Swindler." Has anybody seen this? The The Tindler no, the Swindler. Tindler the tin, Tinder, Tinder swindler. Oh, Tinder swindler. Oh, about okay. a guy. It's a guy who, who goes on Tinder and pretends he's a, a son of a diamond dealer from Israel. And he cons all these women to fall in love with him. And he eventually steals their money and asks them to send money. And it's an amazing story because it focuses on three women who get caught up in his web. And they are the ones that kind of Take the, they t- kind of take them down in various ways and they figure things out. And it's just an amazing, and, and the guy's still walking around. I think maybe, I don't know, but you got to watch this thing. It's crazy. Oh, he's not in jail. I don't know. I don't want to give too much away because it's, it's the, 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 the doc kind of delves into a couple different things, but he had women everywhere. So it's like a, he, he created a big giant Ponzi scheme where he'd have women mm-hmm. pay. So he could take another woman out and eventually try to get money off all these women. They'd rack up credit card debt. They would do all kinds of stuff to help him because he was telling them, because I'm in the diamond business, people are chasing me. He'd give them, you know, an $18,000 budget a month to go rent an, rent an apartment for them to live together because he fell in love with this person. And meanwhile, you know, he's sending, he's sending face, FaceTime out to these girls and he's sending all the same FaceTime. All he does is change their names. I mean, the guy was, <laughs> I mean, how he kept up all the detail, I have no idea, but it's kind of, it's, it's a two hour doc or an hour and a half. It's not an episodic thing. It's one episode and it's amazing. And it's, it's, a, it's, it's, it's fun and it's it out. creepy. And, and you, 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 you kind of blame the women and you're rooting for the women at the same time. You definitely blame this guy, but it, it's all kinds of stuff going on. It's called the Tinder Swindler. Not the Tinder swimmer. Not the Tinder finder. The grinder. The grinder. That's yeah. Finder. You should do that. Why don't you? Do, why don't you go undercover? Trying to find people on Grinder. That's uh, it. Go undercover and do that. I think you can make a Christian film about that, couldn't you? Yeah. <laughs> so, all right. So here we are. Sean brought the oh, wait, movie I hate, to. The, I, I want to talk about something. I thought you I said you didn't, but go ahead. Go ahead. No, I just thought of it. I watched a very Uncle Al movie this week. Okay. It's called Benedetta. Benedetta. It's Paul Verhoeven's latest film oh, from 2021. You saw that? You saw that? I did. Yes, the lesbian I, I nun movie? It. I paid $7 to watch that. Oh, it is a, uh, it is a um, film about a 17th century convent and this girl who is touched by God and she goes to the convent and starts living there and she has visions and of Jesus who comes to her and wants to make uh, her his bride and she has a lesbianic affair with a, another girl who gets uh, pulled into the, the convent and she eventually becomes the mother superior. And there's a lot of politicking and uh, some stake burning. Uh, it does have uh, Charlotte Rampling in it, who is very uh, good. She's used and to get I, naked all the time. Yes. I, I highly recommend it. Uh, it kind of reminded me in some aspects of uh, Ken Russell's the devil. So, if you like and this that, is Paul um, Vorheven, right? Paul Paul Vorheven. Vorheven. What's how you say his name? Ver- Verhoeven. Verhoeven. Paul Verhoeven. It's been a long time since I've seen one of his films. 
Yeah, this is like an indie film for him compared to all that stuff he was doing earlier. But yeah, you should have seen all the uh, distributors and film funds that funded this thing. Oh, it's a lot, huh? Three hundred of them. But you recommend it. You like it. Absolutely. Of course, you would Two like it. Up. Yeah. Okay. Two thumbs. There you go. Lesbian the most nuns. I pay for a movie is three ninety nine. Really? I'm, su- I'm supporting art, Sean. Yeah, I'm supporting by going to the theater. Ghostbusters after- Afterlife was five ninety nine. We paid five ninety nine for that. That's not bad. That's not a bad. No. I mean, that's like you, know, you did it for a podcast. It wasn't worth it. Was it worth five ninety nine? It was worth it for me. It might not have been. Yeah. I would have seen that in the movie theater. So it was yeah, worth. Look it at our me. look at our review on Cue It Up, and you can get all the. Well, all I the think because your negativity just brought the whole thing down. Definitely was negative about that film. Yeah, all a lot right, of let's comments get to it. Thank that. you, Al. I'm sorry I skipped over you, but I had the feeling you didn't want to talk about it. But that was a good one, so I appreciate that. I assume you watched the film that Sean brought. Yeah, Al, I did. Yes, I know yes, you I did. did because you texted me while you were watching it, so that's how I knew. <laughs> John oh, is he John, watching it on his phone. No, no. I watched it on no. my my 34 inch CRT TV. CRT, I've seen that TV. It's huge and heavy. All right, Sean, what'd you bring to the table? I brought the 1973 classic. Well, we'll decide if it's a classic, starring um, Charlton Heston and um, Edward G. Robinson, called Soylent Green. It's a dystopian science fiction film. It's the uh, third of Charlton Heston's uh, dystopian futuristic films, and the, and it's set in the year 2022, where overpopulation and global warming has led to widespread overpopulation, a lack of food, and utter environmental collapse. And... The world is, you know, basically divided into like a very rich 1% and the 99% that is subsiding almost entirely on some artificial foodstuffs called, called Soylent. There's various kinds, Soylent Yellow, Soylent Red, and the new one that everyone loves. And if they can't get it, they riot, Soylent Green, where we get our title. I just want to say, can I, let me let me just jump in real quick. This show is is sponsored by Soylent Green M and M's. Just want to let you know that it's only green M and M's. They're not the ones made out of chocolate. Just want to give you that heads up. So go ahead, Sean. Are I'm they sorry. at least sexy? They're, they're very sexy? sexy. These are the sexy. Yeah. Actually, actually, they used to be sexier because oh, they. <laughs> go ahead. So I'm the sorry. film is basically um, once you get past the opening setup. It's sort of a police thriller. Charlton Heston plays a um, an honest but corrupt cop. New York City. Yeah. By honest but corrupt, it means he certainly steals and takes advantage Everything. of every opportunity. Every, yeah. But he also is committed he, to his job doing yeah. the right thing. When he's not stealing and kind of forcing women to have sex with him, you know, he is uh, trying to do his job. And, well, he's just and playing with the furniture. Yeah. When the executive at the Soylent Corporation is murdered, he begins to investigate the crime and discovers a dark secret. Is it safe for us to say what the secret is? I, I, I think, yeah, I, wait, wait, I think it's probably I think it's probably out there. You think wait Soylent Green is made out of people. <laughs> so yes, it's discovered okay. the hard <laughs> that it's uh, made out of people. Yeah. And um, I don't believe we're going to be showing the trailer, but I want to say 
give you why I brought the film. Yeah. Um, I saw this film when it first came out. I believe I also read the novel as well. Because my father and mother both read a lot of novels and science fiction books. And I just read them. It was probably not something I should read. I can't remember whether there was more sex in the book than the thing. But um, I remember finding it very thrilling kind of a movie back in the day. I mean, I really loved the sci-fi aspect, the dystopian aspect. And this is sort of like prime Charlton Heston, where he started to get big. You know what I mean? He's like... You know, he starts to do what Al Pacino does now. You know, he kind of gets loud and boisterous. And oh, oh, yeah. Okay. You mean performance-wise? Performance-wise. Yeah. Which I love. I love yeah. this. And I love the films that came out at the same time, which I also saw, you know, while they came out earlier. Planet of the Apes was a... You know, an Omega Man. And Omega Man, which yeah. I saw at the theaters many times as well. So I probably saw this when I was 13 years old, maybe 14, because our local theater was a B theater, so... A films will take like about a year to get to those. So I saw it in the theater. So any film I saw in the theaters in the 70s is a sentimental favorite. But I really like Charlton Heston's performance in this. And what is really poignant to me is Edward G. Robinson's performance. Edward G. Robinson is his quote-unquote book, which in his future world, it's interesting, it, pr- it projects a future where there's really like no computers. And books, because there are so few trees, are very rare. So they're like gold, and when you have an investigator, you have a guy who's sort of like your researcher, and that's what Edward G. Robinson is. But they also because, because they're illiterate. Most people are illiterate, so if they have yeah. people who can read, it's a big deal. That's yeah. like the, his Charles Nesson's question to the bodyguard: Can you read and write? He right. says, Nesson, write a statement." Well, I go Ch- in and Chuck Connors, by the way. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you know so. Um, to me, you know, it's a very poignant relationship. And the movie is much more poignant because it's Edward G. Robinson's final film. What a great actor he was. And he and maybe the best scene in the film is when he dies. You know, that's an absolutely be- beautiful. When he's, he's euthanized. He's euthanized. Yes. Yeah, he's euth- yeah. He because of for two reasons. He can't know he feels he can no longer live in this world. And he has discovered the secret that Soylent Green is made of people. And he's hoping that if Charlton Heston follows him and tries to stop him and sees what happens, he'll discover to he'll get enough. You know, I was going to ask you that, Sean, because when I was watching it, I was like, uh, is the reason why he did this because he knew Heston would be there and would follow up on what happened to expose the whole thing? And I wasn't sure. And I'm going, it seemed to me that's why he did it. In addition to he just wanted out, right? Yeah, he wanted out. Yeah. Burnt out. And I think the knowledge that the world is now unwittingly cannibalistic was like the final straw for him. Yeah. Well, he talked to the whole start of the film about all the food he used to eat and said that devastating scene where they have that tiny little meal of uh, the lettuce and the beans or whatever. And it was like a feast for those. Beef stew. The beef stew. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Well, there's something else uh, about. Yeah, go ahead, Sean. I like that. Heston's opinion of the lettuce. He just didn't seem to find the joy of the lettuce. Yeah, it's a big deal. Right, right. You're right. Um, and also, that was I read, that, I read that that scene, that scene was added. That scene wasn't in the script. It was added by Richard Fleischer, the director. And uh, he told uh, Robinson and Heston to kind of wing it. So that scene was not in the original script. They filmed it, and it was a 
It was a beautiful scene. The whole with, the best scenes in the with that with the silverware when he brought it out in the case. I mean, it was just it was it was great. So to me, you know, particularly watching it the second time, it doesn't work as an action movie. It's pretty easy to figure out what happened. To me, a lot of what is great about the film is the interplay between Char- Charlton Huston and Edward G. Robinson. And even, oh, I forgot the actress's name. You know, even though she is, you know, has... Lay been- Taylor Young, isn't that her name? Yeah. Lay Taylor Young, is that her name? Yeah, and there's actually some, you know, they're both people who know what the score is. You know, and essentially she's, they call her furniture, girls who come with an apartment, and they essentially become sex slaves for men who will who will provide for them. You know, and talk about equipment porn. The first video game, was yeah, too. So, yeah, yeah. I was shocked when I looked at it. Now I'm like, oh my god! Before Pong, but yep. the guy who did that was one of the designers of Pong. You know, so it looked like asteroids, and asteroids, asteroids too. Yeah, it had an asteroids feel. Yeah, uh, you so, also. Well, I mean, I keep forgetting to say to one point. What makes it even more poignant is. The last scene Edward G. Robinson filmed was his death scene. Right. And he died four years later. So it's sort of like it's a beautiful send Well, he knew the whole time he had cancer. No, no, he died. He didn't die four years later. He died. He died. I just saw saw an interview where where, uh, he died during the filming of it because Charlton Heston came out to the whole cast and said Edward G. Robinson died. And it was soon after he shot that scene. Yeah, it was because... uh, but they shot all the Edward G. Robinson stuff first. They were still filming when Edward G. Robinson. Well, died. I read too that that you can see Charlton Heston crying a little bit in that scene, and it has everything to do yeah. with him knowing that that may be uh, Edward G. His last his last scene. Well, no one in the Ever. cast knew how uh, he had cancer. I mean, nobody. Yeah, he knew couldn't other than hear. Harris, he was the deaf. He was right. deaf too. I don't know how he did all that. He was deaf, and they had to, someone had to get directly in his ear and shout what was going on. Uh, and so it's and a he pretty, said, "Rico can't die." Oh, that's from, sorry, that's Little Caesar, sorry. Oh. And I do okay. want to point out one little thing. You guys still have the bell? Yes. Dick Van, Dick Van Patten was in one of my movies. Oh, wow. What? I would have gotten him for the podcast, but unfortunately, he yeah, died. He was too. the euthanizer in this one. He yeah. was, uh, I saw an interview with him and he kept, uh, they did the take four times because he kept saying, instead of the character's name, he kept saying Mr. Robinson because he was such in awe. Of Edward G. Robinson, he just couldn't get the right line out. He finally got it right at the last one. So, yeah. And by the way, Joseph Cotton played uh, the oh, guy who gets right killed there. in the beginning right. from right. Citizen Kane. So, uh, let's you know, let he, Al, Al jump in. I, I, John and I can talk about this probably a lot. What What was your thought of the film? Uh, you know, I, I, you know, I knew Soylent Green was people. It was always a meme to me. You know, that yeah. end scene where he's shouting. So like I, I assumed that I knew what the movie was, but and it, it you know my assumption was it wasn't very a very good sci-fi film. But when I actually sat down and watched it, I enjoyed it a lot. And I so you had it. never seen it, Al? No, I had not. This is the first time. So I had no, I like I had no preconceived notions. Like my notion was like I, it's probably a cheesy sci-fi film, but like it definitely has depth to it that I didn't expect. Like I, I definitely enjoyed seeing well. I, I like the little touches. So like, you know, all those people that were living on his stairwell that he yeah. would have to climb over all the time yeah. because there's 40 million people in Manhattan and they have nowhere to put them other than euthanize them and stick them into food, I guess. But, uh, oh, the big, the big, I, I uh, liked, I liked Heston. Buckets. I liked, 
I like their relation, you know, Saul's relationship to him. And I, I thought it was a solid movie. I thought it was a solid sci-fi. And the one thing I, I really liked, which I, you don't really see in films is, you know, it, towards the end when they're having the shootout, like Heston actually has to reload his gun yeah. because he does <laughs> six shots. Yeah. And that just does not, you know, if you're the hero of the film, that does not happen very <clears> often <throat> where you have to stand and reload. So. Yeah, it's an interesting yeah, it, mix of cheese, science, uh, environment, environmental issues. I mean, there. This is what made in 1972. Yeah, and and Heston so had this run, as Chris Coker mentioned last week. Heston had this run between Planet of the Apes, Omega Man, and like this one, where he was really in, in on the his films. I don't know if, what his participation in this stuff is was like on the forefront of of, of environmental issues, right? Or like nuclear war is the plan of the apes. What do you say? No, no, what? Okay. So, so this movie got made because Charlton Heston read the book on a flight. Right. And he got with a producer and got MGM to make it. To him, it was not about the environment. It was about overpopulation. That was that. That's different than the environment, Ralph. You can't say it's the environment. Well, Um, the population takes away all the environment. I think, I mean, that was his big thing was the overpopulation. Okay. But even in the interview, he said that, you know, and this kind of aligns with what you're saying, uh, people did not, because people knew his politics. They wouldn't have, have expected him to make movies like this. But this was a detective movie. This is what it was through the lens of science fiction. But anyway, so this movie wouldn't have been made without Charlton Heston reading the book and getting MGM to make it. So, well, but you're still. still, a, still a, what's that, Sean? He was a giant star. He could well, okay, but you're still a big time actor putting yourself out there yeah. in a film in a film that okay, Absolutely. whether it's overpopulation or environmentalism or like in Planet of the Apes, it's nuclear war. Omega Man, I think, right. was disease, right? So right. you know, you're this guy that's that's doing that, and yeah, is that opposite of you know, like John Wayne was doing what the the Vietnam films because he was trying to show everybody what his politics were. I'm not sure Heston. Yeah, Heston probably looked at good product instead of make a good movie. But it's a it's sort of a strange knowing that he was the guy with the take the you know the gun out of my hand thing towards the end towards the end. And uh, I just find it fascinating. Um, it's like I was saying, it's a weird mix of cheese and 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 subtlety that's that's amazing. That scene he does with the furniture, the woman that he ends up having a little relationship with, where he has a choice to keep going to work or get in a hot shower. Yeah. I mean, because you're watching this film and the whole time they're all wearing their their things and sweating and you can really right. feel the heat. I mean, I felt like you could really feel the heat and, and the fact that they weren't eating, you know, the little bit that they had to eat those scenes in that apartment that they're in where he's, you know, like where he finds a soap and that becomes a big, deal. you know, yes, he everywhere he goes, he's stealing from all these people he's busting, which I guess you had to to survive. Right. He's he's just trying to survive. And. You just really felt all that stuff in the film. And it made that scene where they're taking the shower uh, amazing because, it, it, you know, he had a choice and he chose he wanted a hot shower for the first time in however yeah, long it, it was. It's funny because she wanted them to stay and she's like offering him sex. And he's like, no, I don't have time. I'm working a case. It's like, I can give you a shower. Right. We got a, shower. I'll take how, a hot how shower. Yeah. Because that's well, that's what we haven't talked about. But the the discrepancy between the people who had the money and the people who don't, and you know, that's what I mean. It's sort of that whole thing where all the rich people had food in the refrigerator, and they were able to get all the things. And air conditioning, air conditioning, and and, you know, here's a cop. He's a cop, a blue collar guy, I guess, and he's got nothing. 
And I just found it fascinating. He, have to so, ri- he has to ride an exercise bike to generate uh, right, sawdust right, to generate right. electricity in the apartment. Yeah. So I just I felt like all those atmospheric things really made it a much more powerful film than I remember. Because when you look at the execution of it, all those scenes they shot in that weird green, you know, the, the dystopian green stuff. And even like you're saying, jumping over the people, it was getting a little bit cheesy. But I just think they over they 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 did a good job of just showing the environment and how horrible it was to live in that environment and, and how his breakdown at the end is just so it becomes powerful because of, of uh, his relationship with Saul and just what he saw. So anyway, so John, what'd you think? Uh, I, I liked it. I mean, I liked it. I haven't seen it in a long time. The the one scene that really stuck out in my head from memory was when the trucks come in and scoop all the people up. Yeah. That, that scene was like, look at that population control. Right. Um, I thought I, I really, I really enjoyed it. It's, it's prescient as you always like to say, as we're, sure uh, as we're in 2022 now, you would think, right. uh, you know, you would think in 2022 that, that, you know, they wouldn't be using these same guns that they used in the 1950s, but that's, that's a nitpicky thing. Uh, one of the things that, uh, I found kind of sad about it was this was really the last big film made at MGM studios before, the studio um, was so dilapidated that they couldn't use it anymore. And they use that in, in the effect. I mean, when you saw those facades, those buildings were facades and they kept the facades to show that, um, it, you know, it was deteriorating. So that was kind of sad to see that um, from the big studio days. But uh, Edward G. Robinson, knowing that this was his last film, knowing he died soon after it was, you know, it's kind of bittersweet to watch it. And he was, he was very good in it too. And their father and son relationship was very believable. And, and that euthanasia scene, uh, both of them, um, Edward G. Robinson's reaction to what he's seeing on the screen, then Charlton Heston looking at him and then the screen, because this is stuff he's never seen. Yeah. Yeah. And, and his reaction to that, was like, you know, I can't believe that that's real. I mean, that's what it was like out there. So, so it tells you why every time he would, like when he was in the apartment and he goes to the sink, he made a big deal out of it because, you know, he's got that cooler in his house with water as yeah. opposed to running water or the food, you know. It, I, it was just really well done. Uh, I didn't, I, I got to be honest, I didn't find it cheesy. I mean, you're talking about a mil- film made in 1972 showing the future, you know, that's hit or miss because it's 1972's view of the future. But the it's a detective story. And I thought the, the choice that was made at the end from Fleischer, that whole chase scene at the end, very little dialogue for the last 20 minutes of the film. I mean, very little. And he did that purposely. Uh, I like that. Um And and the ver- and the, I love the ending, too, well, because I, I, I want to ask yeah. you, Sean, because I haven't read the book. Is that how the book ended? Did it just end with him saying? It's been so so long since I read it. I'm curious to know, did, did, like, was the cop, was he in the pocket of Soylent? So he didn't do anything about it that he told. I think it probably ended like, like it ended here. And you're hoping that they will. Yeah. You hope that it it got out there, but, uh, that I found that an interesting choice too. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I liked it. I mean, I haven't seen yeah, it. Yeah, when I, listen, when I say cheesy, it's like one it's. Thing in defense of it, what was that? I, I want to say one thing about the. You know, it's interesting that there's like like no computers or things like that, but to me, that really works in this movie because you're in a this is this is a society that's no longer advancing. Right. It's in a society that's not 
technologically pulling forward. It's a society that's holding on by its fingernails, you know, so it's not, it's not advancing. So it's living in the ruins of a civilization. It could never, you know, um, it could never hope to recoup what it had, you know, 40 years ago. It can't even feed the people. But, um, so to me, the fact that, you know, cause even if you look at the, um, the rich people's place, it isn't like it, you know, it's obviously much better than everyone else's, but it's not like it's, Sign. Super luxurious. Yeah, super luxurious. Yeah. Oh, I, got think, question, I got a question. I got a question from Sean. So in the movie, it said there was 40 million people. In, in New York. New York. How many people are in New York as of today? Eight million. Like eight million. Yeah. yeah. So they they're what I love this film because I saw it in 1972. In the theater? In the theater. And you know, I'm just at 20, and I don't even think I would I think I, I wasn't even 20. But I'm watching this film, and I'm, it's like, oh, it's happening in the future, way in the future. Not realizing. I, I'm doing like a, a time warp in, as I'm watching it now. Um, we just watched it last week. And then to see how, remembering how he viewed it in the future. And it was like, wow, they're really off by so much. Oh, you know? I don't know. They were all wearing masks. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> no, their worries about overpopulation. You know, the the thing of the day, the worry of that time. I remember in in high school, everybody was like, "Oh, we got to do something about overpopulation." Well, now it turns out we have to worry about underpopulation. Yeah, the reverse is true. Yep. You know, and don't worry about like stuff that might not in fifty years from now is not going to even matter. You know, like that that whole worried something and they i remember there'd be like symposiums or talks and group, groups saying don't have you know just have one kid or and and chinese uh households they're only allowed to have one child and better be a boy um well so- that's uh, unfortunately that's because people can't afford to have kids anymore or houses or anything so i mean there's a reason there's many reasons i know culturally there's many reasons but, you know, yeah, it's funny to see a film 2022 that's so off, right? This is like, wow, how can that, you know, but then we other, we've seen other films, Back to the Future, I think. I don't know what that, how far they went ahead in that one for all that stuff with the shark coming yeah, off the movie there. Um, but yeah, it's fun to watch films that try to predict what's going to happen in the future. And, and it's, it's funny to look back and go, yeah, their guns are from 1950. But if all technology is failing, although they had the technology to turn people into little green squares. So there's some there kind of go. technology there. Um, uh, it's That's just fascinating delicious. to watch this. What's that? It's delicious technology. <laughs> I guess they didn't. Now it's funny. You talk about that euthanasia scene. The next shot is. His body sliding yeah. out right into the truck to head over to the uh, yeah to the Soylent Green factory. Um, Get him while they're warm. <laughs> I think they got to the conclusion pretty quick too. And when I say cheesy, it's like the scenes with the priest, that priest that they had in there, and 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 Brock Peters as his you know his I don't know if it's his boss or whatever. A little bit, you know me with the overacting or underacting. I thought Heston is great. He, he always there's something about him. Uh, he's powerful, and it's it's like he's he's fun to watch. He's got a very commanding presence. He just yeah. does, yeah. He can get and everything he does. What he's doing, he's always able to like get your hands off me, you yeah. damn dirty apes. Yeah, and, yeah. yeah. All that he stuff. has been her. Yeah, yeah. 
it's just and it's and it's fun to see this compared to his Planet of the Apes, where he's doing that whole thing uh, three thousand years ago, and you don't know anybody or something. He says something about it's three thousand years later, and everybody you knew is gone. Um, and this one had a couple Did of those, and that's. No, that's from uh, I think that's from Planet of the Apes when he's when they land and he's sitting there with his two buddies that survived. He goes, well, we're 3000 years in the future. You can say goodbye to everybody, you knew they're gone. Very matter of fact. Right. He's, I think he was even smoking a cigar or something, which I don't know. How he had that in the spaceship, but whatever. Um, and I love the scene where he and the furniture lady <laughs> um, have that little scene where they're taking their clothes off and just, you know, she's laying in bed. He's laying in bed. Very was, nonchalant. Uh, very nonchalant. Yeah. Yeah. And it was fun. I mean, it's fun. Well, I think but, that was uh, her first movie, wasn't it? Was that her first movie? I don't know. She was very good, I thought. She was very what? good. And, you know, it's, um, how, how can I describe it? It's, it's, you know, she's making a choice. She wants to be there. But in the end, she's like, and Heston's realistic enough to know. That's the best place for her. Right. Um, he knows. He's, well, I get the feeling know. that those women were groomed. Those women were groomed for those positions. Yeah. But she so wanted to be with not, Heston at the end. And he right. knew the only way to keep her safe was to stay away from him. He's like, oh, let me where I live. Debbie, was Charlton Heston sexy in this movie? Still. Yeah. Okay. Just yeah. asking. Yeah, you, you, you need to get your wife's opinion on that. You can't answer that yourself. Well, I like the a female perspective. How old okay. was he in that film? Oh, he's probably only in the movies. Did we ask Al well, a female Charlton perspective? Sexy. <laughs> Al, do you think Charlton Heston was sexy in that movie? Yeah. Uh, I I guess for an older guy. Oh, look at you! He was sweating a lot, though. That's for sure. I mean, I yeah. guess they have no air. He was. Um, Al, was does this fit your dystopian? Uh, Likings? Uh, was it? it uh, yeah, I think so. On the dystopian I, I mean, scale, of course, I always wanted. I, I was, on a scale of Al's dystopian. Uh, yeah, let's say Al one to ten dystopia mm-hmm. scale. Uh, I would go seven. Okay. Okay. Cannibalism's pretty high up in that. I think that would raise it up a little bit, right? Heston was yeah, forty-nine I mean, it, it years would, old when he made this movie. Are you wow. kidding me? Older than oh. I thought. God, so old back in those days. Well, you know, think of all the movies he made in the fifties. I mean, yeah, yeah. twenty years later. Right? So, yep. So, and yeah. he was corrupt too. I like that everybody. It's like here he's given him. Yeah. I don't know what that thing is. He handed him, but it was his, something he took from the apartment. Yeah, some kind of chit or something for his yeah. cut. Yeah. yeah, and he's supposed to give money to that other cop who took the body. Yeah. So it's like the entire police department is corrupt. But Brock Peters is more corrupt because somebody called him and said, um, you know, send the, um, you know, stop the case, you know, close the case. Yeah. yeah. And he did. I also like the scene with the last tree. It's in Gramercy Park. You know, it's in a tent. It's the last tree. In oh, the- yeah. The scene with the governor. Yeah, with the governor. Played by Whit Bissell, 50 okay. science fiction guy and the undertaker in Magnificent Seven. Oh, he was the other. Cool. I've seen him in other stuff too. Bit. That guy's been in other. Yeah, stuff he's done as a well. ton of uh, sci-fi stuff. That's yeah. some pretty obscure. Uh, yeah, he was stuff in. There, um, Sean. He was the Mad Doctor, and I was a teenage werewolf. Yes, and that's right, Michael Landon. Frankenstein. Sean, yep. you don't get that everywhere. On every. You don't. That's why. That's why, Deb. I always say you got to subscribe to this channel. You got to share it. You got to freaking 
just smash the crap out of that like button too because i'm telling you it makes a big difference out al there. al are you subscribed to our show i i am Oh, okay. Wow. I, don't, I don't believe you, Al. For a second, you got your face covered. You got your eyes covered. For a second, I, I didn't think he was. I am subscribed. <laughs> I just don't, I don't. I didn't click the notification bell, but I am. Oh. Oh. Okay. Now, well, thank uh, you. Thank now, you for being. Right behind. Sorry, the scene behind you, Ralph, with the crowd scene. Where yeah. The, um, rocks in. It just looks like they just threw a filter over the lens. Well, that's what <laughs> I mean. No, I mean, it's yeah, very yeah. They. Um, Every yeah. time they cut outside, it had that brown greenish. I, I like that green mist. Yeah, yeah, I think I it worked. I thought, what a great yeah. cheap solution. Did you guys yeah. do any, uh, uh, you know, YouTube diving on this movie? There's a there's a 30 minute documentary made at the time of the movie that's really interesting, and they they spend a lot of time on that scene, and they show Fleischer with all the cameras talking to all the extras and stuff. It's, it's really interesting the way that they did that. By the way, Richard Fleischer is, uh, of the famous Fleischer family, the animated, uh, the animators who did the, one of the best, uh, superhero cartoons, the Fleischer Superman cartoons. That was his kid. Max, uh, Fleischer. Max Fleischer. Thank you. Uh, so just a little something about Richard Fleischer, who's a good director. He's a good director, but he kind of reminds me of, um, for his time of like, What's the guy who directed Cool Runnings, Turtle Ball, Tom? Yeah. Yeah. Cause oh, you mean no, you know, no distinction, you mean? I mean, he just fit in, you know, he was like a skilled professional, but without any particular style. Did he, did he do 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea? Yes. Or did He did. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And also, what was the one I liked that really? Hey, liked? It was in focus. Austin, Boston Strangler. I mean, that's oh. like. Tony Curtis, you know, he so, directed that. Yeah, he directed that as well. So he did a lot of different kind. He did Doctor Doolittle, which is a monster hit. Ten. So he it was, was one of these guys the studios could trust with a big budget, and all. And um, I mean, it, I really like his work. He is um, he works steadily for decades. Now that's know, interesting. Those four films you mentioned. It's like there's no there's no common thread to them. You wouldn't say, "Oh, this is a Fleischer film." That's a good point because they're so different. Those four Tora, movies are Tora, so different. What was that? Tora, Tora, Tora. You know the Pearl oh, So he's yeah, done yeah, yeah. A, he's done a lot. Then I mean that's a lot of films. Yeah, I remember Boston. And Doctor Doolittle was a bomb. Doctor Doolittle was a bomb. It was. Just yeah. So you know. Even oh, the, yeah. the first it one or the second one? It killed the studio. Yeah. Um, the, the Boston first one, Strangler was a TV film, wasn't it, or was that a no. was that a theatrical? No. And the writer is very interesting. The writer was not really distinguished either. Not the novelist, the um, screenwriter. I shouldn't be putting him down, but he's mainly a TV writer. He did very few. I think this might have been like one of only two or three theatrical features. He wrote a lot of TV shows and a lot of TV movies. This had this definitely had a TV show vibe to it, like a Twilight Zone. Bigger budget and better. Yeah, I could see that. But I think it worked. I mean, uh, it still worked. You know, it's do you like, think it worked? Let me ask you this. Do you think it worked because the ending became such a meme? The soil and no, green uh, people. I, I that, think if the buildup wasn't there. No, no, no. Because there's so many good scenes in the movie that lead up to that, that it's not just the ending. It's like Planet of the Apes. Uh, what does everyone remember about Planet of the Apes? The Statue of Liberty. But it doesn't diminish the rest of the movie. That ending of, of its people is very iconic. But to get there. 
there was a lot of great scenes in that movie. I mean, there just was. And his performance, I mean, he's in it the whole time for crying out loud. He yeah. carries that film. I mean, yeah. Um, so no, I don't think it's just the ending. That's the most iconic thing in the movie because of everybody, cause you got the memes out there, Saturday Night Live, that sketch was hilarious. Yeah. And there's like four different versions of Soylent, whatever it is. Paper, it's paper. I couldn't find any of that. That's, I couldn't find it. Well, that. it's not on you. You can't find it other than that one clip that you yeah, had. Yeah, the one. No, there's two. There was the second there. one I didn't show is this one, which is the one yeah. I think you It's said. still made out of paper. It's still made out of people. They didn't change the recipe like they said they were going to. It's still people. Rest, rest in peace, Phil Hartman. What a waste I mean, of yeah, time. But he, that but was, he that also nailed Heston. I mean, that's, you know, that's so, so. Yeah. Funny. But that's yeah. A, the only reason, yeah, to me, that's Soylent Green as people is what. I just remember about the film. Um, Ralph, what, when did you see this film the first time? I can't remember. I think this is one that I probably saw as a kid on TV. I know I didn't go to, th- I was 10 or 11 when, cause this came out in 72. So I would have been 11. Yeah, I was, I was eight. So I did so not. So I would have seen this on too. TV. And I think watching it this time, I have the Blu-ray watching it this time was the first time I've watched it all the way through. Now I remember the euthanasia scene. There's certain scenes that pop through as a kid. I didn't remember anything about the furniture, the women who were furniture. No clue till I saw it this time. Um, go ahead, Debbie. What? You, you know, when um, I first heard of youth in Asia, I thought that was young people going to a foreign land. I really <laughs> Youth I, I, in I, Asia, really, not 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 just. Oh, you mean that? That's not that was. Oh, I was going to do a rim oh, shot. I was going to do a rim shot. I thought oh, you were setting us up there. Oh, up them. Euthanasia was like people, young people. Over hey, take my wife, please. Huh. No, Where? I think. Uh, so this is seventy two, nineteen seventy two. Yeah. They're euthanizing him. And when was Logan's Run? What year did that come out? Same. The uh, same that was, time? I think, seventy four. Okay. 74 or 5. So yeah. that one, that one I remember going to the, now I saw Logan's run in a movie theater because I remember, wow, they're so young with the thing on their hand and they die at 30 and it was freaking me out. Plus, Jenny Ottinger was in there and she was cute back in those days. Still, I mean, you know, she was in I'm American sure Werewolf still- in London too. And, but, uh, so I don't remember seeing this one in a movie theater. So this is the first time I sat down and could really appreciate the, now was that his father? Was Saul his dad? No, no, yeah. just a oh, okay. You're saying um, father-son relationship, just yeah, yeah. That but that, that, I mean, they had a father-son relationship, yeah. definitely. Oh, yes. Yes. But he, he, he was not. He was not his father. Yeah, yeah. This scene behind me is when this one, when he takes the apple and all that's left is the seed. Yeah, uh, that's yeah. pretty cool. So those subtler scenes, like the, this, with uh, when they're having the dinner, the big feast, that's, you know, they had when he meets the the he has that relationship with the furniture. And I don't know if. He had a past relationship with her because he seemed very comfortable with her. No, no he met her the was, first time that in was the it. apartment. Yeah. Yeah. So that scene was, I thought was, uh, you know, well done and well acted. So I, I caught more scenes now this time. And, and of course I just felt like it's, you know, it was obvious it's sitting right in front of our face the whole time. What's actually going on. Um, but, uh, as a kid, you didn't, I didn't catch that. And then just the, it is iconic. The scene at the end is iconic and it's great when it happens. I mean, it's just, it's, it's like the damn dirty apes, get your hands off me, that line and, and, and this one and this one. Uh, it's just really, I enjoyed, I enjoyed watching again. And, you know, 2022, that's interesting, right? It's, it's like, it's sort of a nice way to watch it because you're watching it at this, you know, whatever, same year, but well, that, that's, that's one of the main reasons. 
you know, this is one kind of one of the films I would see we should have, you know, in our original conception of the podcast with a lot of seventies films. Yeah. And, um, yeah. but the main reason I brought it was the, uh, 20, um, 22 connection. Yeah. But, you know, one thing that really struck me that I missed as a kid, and I'm sure I saw it on TV as well, you know, between the time I saw it at the movies and the time I watched it this time is what a corrupt cop he is. Yeah. He he's is just, corrupt. He's like stealing everything that's not laid down, even if it is. And he just like casually walks in and like says, okay, just get into bed, you know, and they're just like, they're going to have sex. You know, it's like, you know, and he like beats the one guy who beats the girl, the um, Gregory or whatever. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> What's the guy's name? Charles Connors. Yeah. The, no, the, no, the, no, the, 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 the doorman, the, the, the guy who runs the, guy the, hotel, the apartment the complex. He was the pimp. Yeah. Oh, right. The pimp. The father yeah. from Willy Wonka. The dandy boy with the, the cute hair. He was yeah, the car right. salesman. That's right. Yeah. Well, he yeah. also stole I a spoon mean, out of that girl's. Cop, you know? He took with the, the spoon out of the girl's jam. Because it was evidence, he because he, he he knew what it was. I wonder how she long he had in his pocket it. before he gives it to Salt to eat. I know. Oh my god! And I'm like, what if it was poison? On that. What if it was poison? He ain't taste this. <laughs> I heard. I read a lot of reviews, and a lot a lot of people single out how that Chuck Connors fight is really not very, you know, convincing. But the karate, he, that's, he's swinging the legs around. Well, I mean, you know, every fight scene, uh, you could see it was a stunt guy for Heston. I mean, it was like completely different body type. But yeah. I, I didn't care. I, you know what I, I would ask? What do you think someone, you know, because, again, going back to your old podcast where you had millennials who never watched the movies. Um, what do you think a younger person watching this movie what do you, th- you think they would just think this is stupid yeah no 100 percent. no no i don't Al, think so. i don't even know how how old are you al i, I don't even know no, not you don't mean young like uh, him young. I, I, i'm, he's I'm not an young. old millennial john he's an old millennial okay yeah no you, i don't you like, think a younger person would like this movie al i yeah i do you if do people, if if they if they liked movies yes i think they would okay like this movie. okay and i think they could identify with a lot of what's going on in but a casual viewer, because, someone who's not a movie nut, okay? You know, you, we ask this all the time, and you ask me this every time. Like my son, who's 24, 25, he's casual viewer. He's not, he's not deep dive into films. I think he would find this ridiculous and boring. They don't even like The Exorcist, right? Or, or Halloween. Halloween, they were like. This movie's only 90 minutes, though. Yeah, I mean, uh, this is like length. a TV show. The, I mean, yeah, but it's not the length. It's, I, I just, I don't know. I don't see. Uh, the young kids, you know, I'd say may, maybe I'm just being uh, uh, ageist, but I just um, there's a lot well, of things I just don't. It's a lot of the things that are popular now that are important issues like the environment, right? Global warming, warming. me tooism. You know, I mean, this is a big patriot. Oh, they'd hate it because of that. No, what I'm saying, it's a depiction of it. Yeah, they can get behind about yeah. how evil it is. You know, it's practically Handmaid's Tale, you know. You yeah. Know, so, um, yeah, I think that I think people would find something to like about it, provided they. Um, well, there's a lot the to learn from this film, really. You know, the, the thing, the takeaway for me, actually seeing it again the second time, 50 years later, is the fact that. You think, you know, what's going on, but maybe you don't. Well, I mean, come on. Is that is that a like the government? Like we know what's going on all the time. We don't know anything. No, I mean, what you worry, what you waste your time worrying about. What do you? Uh, wait- the government would never lie to you. 
What? Fortunately, we have corporations that will be truthful to us. What? I mean, what's the sense in exactly getting on a bandwagon or, or like worrying about something or getting, you know, going down to protest or do anything? Because you, you don't really know what's going on. What's going on? Yeah, but you know? again, I mean, the one thing that stood out for me was the corporations were running the government. The Soylent Corporation was running the government. I think yeah. that's pretty true, so actually. I think that pretty well, much. Well, that's what I mean. I mean, that is 2022. About as, that is about that's as right. prescient that's as you can get. The environment, that's the, that's that's the real story. The yeah. Ownership. So, it makes who's me think good, about like, Who are the good guys in this, in this film? Well, Hester's well, a good guy because he didn't start. Ultimately, he's the good guy because he, he right. shouts Soylent Green as people. But you're, t- but, but, but you're talking about everyone being on the take. Everyone was on the take. They go into these rich places with the haves and the have-nots, and they look at it. Hey, they, they they can afford all this stuff, so I'm taking. It's no big deal. I'm taking stuff. The thing about Heston was, you know, he had a shot to get out, get out of it, and and do all right if he stopped uh, investigating it. And he kept investigating, especially when Saul said, you know, you got to figure this out when, when he was yeah. dying. You got to figure this out. So Heston's a good guy. I think the uh, lay young there, the, the furniture, I think she's she's a good person because she wanted out, too. She wanted to be with Charlton Heston at the end of the movie. So, I mean, for that dystopian future, those are your good guys. Yeah, it was you know? just gross, though, when she was hitting on the old guy, Joseph Cotton, when she was playing the video game. I'll take care of you later. Well, oh, how about oh. Mike Henry? Did you see Mike Henry? From uh, the football player, he was uh, he was one of the cops. Um, he he also played Tarzan. You'd know him if you saw him. Uh, he was in uh, he was in Longest Yard, uh, but they dubbed his voice because he's he's got a kind of a southern accent. So they dubbed his voice with some deep you know thing. I was like, what? Who the yeah. hell's voice is I don't that? Know that is? He was only in Mike a couple Henry. of scenes. He was during the uh, the uh, riot scene. He was the yeah. cop in the riot scene with uh, Heston. Oh, I like well, it. Trucks would be. What was that? How efficient those trucks would oh, be. Oh, the scoopers? Yeah, no, the they'd scoopers. get stuck on all the like the human remains would be jamming up the, the bucket thing. Yeah, You'd the, get all these- like I said before, that's that's what stuck in my head in my memory. It wasn't well, even when the you last see the poster, line, the, the poster is that thing where I just remember that scene. They're all wearing the, the helmets and then just start scooping everybody. Well, isn't that here? Let's take a look. <laughs> Here's, yeah, the how, do you, how do you not run over a bunch of people, you know? Well, that's they what can't I, that's show what, that in a 1972. That's film. true. Although they showed they showed the one guy who got crushed, and all you see is the blood at the yeah. bottom of it. Oh, you know what I was really thinking was when Chuck Connors was bleeding, that that looked like the same formula for blood that they used in those Hammer horror films. You know, I was going to say the blood. Even when Heston got shot, why does the blood look? It looks so bright red. It's like ketchup. Like so fake. It's, it's yeah, it looks so it? fake. You well, think that, they did that for the ratings? Blood. Like. You can't make it look. You have to make it look a little. Yeah, fake. yeah, yeah definitely. Because that was probably uh, that was probably a PG movie. I'm sure. Oh, here it, comes it the scene. PG. Here comes yeah. where she so takes they, her clothes off. They could only show so much. Mm. I like when he gets in. He gets all naked and gets his. He gets in just to hide his junk. And put, turns around. It's yeah. It's pretty. Oh, good. she he, did the same thing. You only saw quite, her from yeah, the back. Yeah, quite sexy. So, all no, right, should we rate this I puppy? Went, Anything else you want to say, Al? Anything you want to say? Good to have you back, man. Yeah, yeah nice. Al, great well, to see you. you. You know, I mean, even with the virtual mask and sunglasses. Would you like, Al, would you to, like to promote you. anything? Would I like to promote anything? <laughs> uh, I would like to promote Benedetta again. Oh, there you go. Okay. That sounds like go. a movie strange movie. All right, Al, let's, uh, we'll start with you, Al. You can rate first. Yippee-ki-yay or yippee-ki-nay? Uh, I'm going to say yippee-ki-yay. I think it's worth a watch. 
I mean, maybe it's not my first choice for like dystopian sci-fi, but I, don't I think, think it it's would worth be. What is your first choice? What's your first choice for d- dystopian? Uh... Damnation Alley. I haven't seen that one actually, <laughs> but I will go see that now. Oh uh, my I'm god! Gonna, I'm going to say Hell Comes to Frogtown. Okay. Oh yeah, Hell, Hell, Hell Comes, comes to, to Frogtown. Frog is that okay. with Roddy Piper? It is. Okay, there you go. That's a recommendation. Right. Thank Harry you, Beer Isle in that Damnation movie. Valley, uh, Damnation Alley, George Pippard, and uh, Jan Michael Vincent. Ugh, oh, nice. God. Check it out. I think it was about right. a $100 budget, but... John, what's your rating? Yippee-ki-yay! Yippee-ki-yay! Oh, I get it. I was doing the freeze frame. Freeze frame. <laughs> God, we got it. Yeah, yeah. Come on! Oh, wait. Oh, okay. <laughs> I say... Uh, I'm method. I'm the one. Oh, I gotta go take a hot shower. Uh, Yippee Kaye, obviously. I liked it. I did like it. I, like I said, it felt a little, you know, me with the overacting and the, like that yes. priest was just terrible. Guy walking around. I, 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 I mean, the priest was in it for like 20 seconds. That's what I meant. He was horrible. Okay? And the second scene, he gets shot in the head. I mean, horrible. I'm just that saying. was overacting? Yeah. He overacted. Wow. Sean and Debbie, obviously, oh, Sean's gonna be a thumbs up. Debbie, where are you? Yippee Kaye. Yippee Kaye. All right. Now tell the truth, Debbie. The first time you saw the movie, you were with a boy and you really didn't watch the movie. I can't remember. I really can't remember who I was with. You were saying you weren't really watching the movie. You were more interested in the boy. I don't know, Sean, where you get ideas. I don't know where she is. Not furniture. Okay. That woman is not furniture. Uh, she is a person. Al, have you seen Nothing's Changed with Sean? Nothing. Nothing. Yeah, nothing has changed. Well, the other thing, I just want to say one more thing. Uh, I think I think that certain age groups look at Charlton Heston as a... Uh, and Charlton Heston was a movie star. Do you know what I mean? There's actors and then there's movie stars. Charlton Heston was a movie star. He had... Uh, think of the iconic roles that guy's had in his career, not to mention... You mentioned uh, that that scene at the end is so iconic, right? Well, that's two movies where the end is super, super iconic, and he's a part of both of them. And that's not even talking about the Ten Commandments, uh, A yeah, Touch of Evil, Ben-Hur. Yeah, he, yeah, well, I mean, he... he, 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 he Great. Yeah. I mean, just just a great actor that now people, you know, people mock him because of his politics in his later life. But I think it completely undermines his career. That was I mean, you look at he had a rebirth in the late 60s, early 70s with the with the roles that he did mainstream. You know what I mean? And this was a hit. This movie was a big hit. Uh, Planet of the Apes was a big hit. I don't know about Omega Man. But, um, you know, and that one scene in Wayne's World, uh, the second Wayne's World. Oh, yeah, that was hilarious. Where, where they do a scene and they go, that's it? I mean, that's the best you can do? Wait, let's get someone else. He comes in. He's a gas station attendant. Gordon Street. Oh, yes. Gordon Street. I once knew a girl who lived on Gordon Street a long time ago when I was a young man. Not a day passes, I don't think of her. And promise I made, which I will always keep. That one perfect day on Gordon Street. That's uh, five blocks up, two over. And it's Charlton Heston. I'm like, oh, my God, that's so cool. So anyway, I just want to call that out because I think there's a lot of people of a certain age who don't appreciate um, the stuff that he's done, and, and I, I think he's underappreciated and shouldn't and I be. I think people are giving him the wrong thing on 
necessarily to politics. I mean, he was one of the first um, Hollywood actors to stand for civil rights. He paid for the setup of Martin Luther King's I Got It. You know, I have a dream speech in Washington. You know, he went south. You know, I mean, he was a compl- he had a complicated political output. You know, I mean, he obviously followed what he believed. He was not like, you know, everything on this side of the menu. He was, you right. know, picking and choosing. Uh, he had a little trouble he- t- towards the end. Michael Moore, the Columbine movie, I think he tried to do an interview yeah. with him. And it's, you know, yeah. And I get it. Right. His, his- his relationship with the NRA, but civil rights wise, he was, yeah, no, he was on, not on, on target. And that's what I mean. These yeah. films, whether you like it or not, are kind of lefty environmental films. Well, yeah, he, he even said that he goes, people don't expect me to do a movie like this. Yeah. He helmed and him. I so did it. I got to give him yeah. credit for so, that. So I, I, and yeah. I, I've always had positive thoughts of him, except the NRA stuff kind of, you just go, okay, whatever. It still doesn't make me not want right. to watch a Charlton Heston film. Yeah. He's not like Kevin Spacey. No, you know what I mean? that's what I mean. There's not right. a Woody Allen or anybody like that where right. I just, you can't watch him anymore. No, Charlton Heston right. is great. Always was great. Yeah. My first memory of him Good. is as Moses, you know, part in the yeah. Red Sea and the chariot. Was that from Ben-Hur. Yeah, you watch, yeah. Moses, we're going to go to the river. See? Yeah. Oh, that's right. Free free free. See? Yeah. <laughs> He's in that one too, right? So, yeah. All right. Yeah. Nice job. Nice job, Sean. All right. Well, we got a special. Good pick. We got a special show coming up. It's Valentine's Day. And we are going to attempt Ladies' Choice 2. Now, we all know what happened to me after Ladies' Choice 1. I quit the podcast for a while. Okay? Ralph, for like eight months. (laughs) They're still talking about it, Ralph. Debbie? Just explain to the people that just tuned in uh, what what happened the last time we did. Uh, There was some. There was some. We had a little Ladies' Choice 1. I don't know. This must have been four or five years ago. I don't remember. Three years ago. Yeah, it was like four and, years ago. And there was some dirty laundry aired at that table that I, I think just, it was I'll, your dirty I'll never laundry. Forget, wasn't it? I don't I'll think never, it was. You're, you're making that like a general statement. Okay. I think it was, it was your I dirty just, laundry. My that was favorite aired. line the whole day with everything going on. Sean, there was some statements being made. And Sean says, I thought those were metaphors, but no, those are real things that happen. <laughs> oh my God. And Al was at this. Well, why don't you one. explain what's going to happen? I mean, what, what are we doing? What we're doing is we're bringing our significant others, uh, to the table and we're allowing the ladies to have their choice of the film they want to bring. So we'll have four couples and each of the women from this or whatever the significant other is, uh, will bring to the table the film they want to talk about. And we'll see how it and goes. And they have like, to tell us why they picked it. And then yeah, we comment same, same, on it also. Same, same. It's kind okay. of the Ron Robin, the Ron Robin thing, but okay. with our ladies, our ladies. Now, Al is right. After the last one, I quit for eight months. I couldn't even think about editing that one. But I don't it think that's me. happening this time. I think we're going to be well, okay. Well, I think the danger but, was open mic and open bar. <laughs> yeah. That, well, well, this well, one's going to be open bar. bar. Cause it's going to, we're shooting that on a Friday night, right? Yeah. This is going to be open bar, but I don't think. I think we're going to be okay. My instinct tells me we're going to be okay. Well, I think I think yeah. your friendship ring will ensure that everything goes well. That one? Oh, and, the one next to that oh, one. Oh, that was interesting. The one, ne- the one next out? to that one. Can you yeah. edit that out? Huh? No, that's Can staying you? in. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, we'll see what happens. We're, we're recording it Friday night, uh, and maybe we'll, maybe it'll be eight months from now that we actually air it, but we'll see. I hope it goes I'm well. I'm curious, Ralph, with your with your new backgrounds, what background we'll be using for this? I'm not, I'll be at uh, Maria's house. No, no, no. I'll be at Maria's house. I'm going to set up the house, turn the fireplace on. You're not bringing her to the studio? No, no, no. I wouldn't let her in here. 
This is this is my hole. Oh wow! This well, I'm gonna hole. have to have some fun with that. No, I got I got furniture here. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Al knows about my white porn couch I have. That's what I, I meant by furniture. Cow. Yeah. Um, so yeah. no, she's not. No, I'm going All to her right. house. We're going to set the fireplace up. I'm going to sprinkle some lights around there. Put some candles out. It's going to be nice. So Debbie, are smiling. you sure we should be filming that night? I will be no shirt off. I might have my shirt off. I don't. Know. I I think I'm going to keep this scarf on with no shirt because it's going you know to get warm. When ET was dying by the river, that's he was all white like. and everything. That's what Ralph looks like without a all shirt. Right, so that's what we're doing. So Friday night we're sh- we're doing that. We'll put it out. We'll put, we'll put that out for uh, Valentine's. Why is your Day, face sure. getting all red? Your face is all red, Cause, Ralph. Because you're angering me. You're angry, <laughs> Mister Furious. That's angry. anger. Getting very. I'm angry. expressing my anger through my my face. So just hey, Ralph, can your favorite scenes behind you right now in the movie? That's the priest. The priest. I know. Ugh, so he's so, look at him. He's so overacting. Oh, I'm priest. exhausted. I'm exhausted. I can't speak to you. I'm exhausted. Anyway. All right. So I'll see you guys Friday night. Not you, Al. Sorry. All right. Um, thanks for the invite. For coming back. Yeah, Al, good to see you again. Yeah, nice welcome. to have you back, Al. Uh, should we review your uh, nun film, maybe? You should, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I think that sounds uh, like a good one. Yeah, I we should save that for Movie Strange when it comes back. Oh, yeah. Movie Strange. We'll get that back. All right. And then okay. after the after this one, we'll do the round robin that we talked about, World War II. Okay? And Hassan will be joining us? No. Uh, I no. think okay. I think uh, Sean and Debbie's son-in-law. Uh, yeah, we'll be oh, the we'll World be, War II stuff. Uh, yeah, for a World War II good. film. He's bringing Fury. He's already right. told us Fury. So, yep. Uh, okay. Good movie. All right. Well, listen, you guys have a safe week, or I'll see you in a couple of days, actually. So, All right. Uh, sprinkle some roses hey. around your room. Make it nice. Make it nice for the show. Everybody okay? have a great week. Oh, he's frozen. I get it. Come on. You're going to do the freeze frame. Silent Green is made out of people. It's people.